How you doing, Steve? Are you comfortable? Sure, Al. How could you be without a backbone? <laughs> well, damn well, you and me wanted this pool table. How come she's the one racking the balls? <laughs> Get a open. No man presents live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Jerry, Justin, and Al. That's right, guys. Live from the nudie bar, we are back. This is Al, and I am here with the guy who wants a pool room, Jerry. What's up, Jerry? Hey, do you guys know if you can write off stripper tips in your tax return? I believe you can. That does count as a donation. (laughs) Nice. And with us, as always, the guy who just wants an exercise room, it is Justin. What's up, dude? Hey, man. I don't like being manipulated, by the way, just so you know. I'm sorry. Yeah, what did he try to get you to do this time? You don't even want to know. Uh, I think you better leave. Uh, uh, Okay, so this is Married with Children, Season 1, Episode 4. It aired April 26, 1987. Steve and Marcy plan to add a new room onto their house using their tax refund money. Al convinces Steve to make it into a billiards room while Peggy convinces Marcy to make it into an exercise room, which leads to an all-out battle of the sexes to see who will win. So this episode starts off in classic form with (laughs) Al paying bills in front of his family. A bunch of bills too. He probably he's probably hurting a lot from last last week's episode. Oh God! <laughs> Between paying for this this gun and this crate and losing the bowling ball had to cost about eighty dollars. Yeah, this guy is just it's it's going out faster than it's coming in. You know, it, it's not going good for Al with money. So while he's doing this, you know, he's going to the point where he wants lights turned off. If you're not in the room, that would just be crazy it's so funny because they're 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 downstairs just one big open kind of space yeah it's like one room almost so it's like (laughs) it's like they're kind of in the kitchen but they're also still kind of in the living room (laughs) (laughs) yeah it really is odd it's a very strange setup for a house really i mean it's 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 very strange but i would love to live there did either of y'all's parents uh make you come and watch them pay bills like do they ever say come here and watch me uh, pay all these bills. Nope. Okay. I was, I was, I, my dad never did it to me, but then he also wouldn't be in the same room with me. So I was just wondering if that was normal or not. No, but I do sometimes do it in front of my wife to show her like, do you see why you can't get a new bag? (laughs) And then, so what happens, uh, what do you do to make up the money to pay for the bag she's going to get anyway? Oh, I just, um, I stopped eating for about three or four weeks at work. And there's $400 right there you saved. You want to get that, Al? Who spent $39.95 at a place called Ten Little Toenails? I'll get it. (laughs) Hi. 
We've been nut picking and we brought you a bag. Got a nutcracker? You're looking at her. I've got one somewhere. <laughs> Is that what you make? <laughs> Getting a little weight there, aren't you, Mars? I love how uh, he also, like, A, like, when he's looking for other bills, Peggy points out that it's under his, what, $75 uh, tackle box? Glow-in-the-dark tackle box? Right. Al spends ridiculous amounts of money on stuff he wants also. Like, I just love that that's pointed out in the show that Al has the same flaws that everyone else in his family does, but he ignores it for himself. Yeah, well, he makes the money, so he can do that. That's true. That's true. But I also love, and I'm sure every one of us had a flashback when he was yelling, close the door, you're letting the heat out. Oh, yeah, I did that last month. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I was talking about the old, like, our dad saying it to us, not you being the old guy saying it. I know. Can you believe I'm already almost Al Bundy's age, man? You're getting close. Hopefully by the time this show's over, over... Uh, you'll be Al Bundy's age and you'll be able to tell us if this is how life really is. Yeah, I'll let you know. Did women always do this kind of thing with the nails and the facial scrubs, even in 1987? Because I know now it's like nobody would, you know, bat an eye about it. But My fiance doesn't do that, but she has grooming days where when she's off work, she'll just sit there with this, like, mirror that has a light around it with tweezers and just, like, do all this shit and I'll just be like I am so glad I'm a guy yeah it's a man's world we get to look like crap and still have sex yep we could go without shaving we could skip a shower we could have a unibrow and as soon as we see like a pimple on our girl's boob it's like oh babe that's gross I'm not touching it (laughs) (laughs) so uh so Steve and Marcy uh don't know how to you know they're throwing it in Al's face they don't know how to spend their tax refund so uh what are you gonna spend your refund on well we were thinking about taking a romantic trip to Paris oh I've always wanted to go to Paris oh yeah Paris where they hate Americans where they won't let our bombers fly overhead. Oh, yeah, until they get invaded. Then they come crawling back to us, beret in hand, for us to bail them out with my tax dollars. That's where you want to go. No, no, we just said that, you know, to kid you. We hate the French. You know what I could do if I had a few extra bucks? Bomb the French? No, no, no I was talking about a little extra money. No, anyhow, I'd like to add on to our house, you know. Just have a little room for me, somewhere I could go, relax, sit back, read the paper. Another bathroom, huh? (laughs) Well, actually, uh, we considered adding on to our house when we bought it, but we need you to sign a variance to give us permission to build that close to the property line, and it seemed like an imposition. Oh, don't be ridiculous. We're friends. Aren't we, Al? Who, you and me? No. (laughs) Would you really consider it? I mean, there'd be some extra noise and dust for a while. Eh, why not? It's something we can hold over your heads. <laughs> Come on, Steve. Let's go look through our dream house file. Hey, uh, thanks, you guys. We couldn't build a fence in our yard without getting permission from them, and they gave us, like, this huge list of do's and don'ts. It can't be this short. It has to be at least this high, but it can't be this high. It has to be made out of this certain type of wood and not this type of wood. It can't be 
uh, cement and it can't be chain link fence. It's got to be this, this, and this. And it took us over like almost three months just to get them to give us permission <laughs> to build a fence in our own yard. <laughs> well, here's a weird thing. I, I just recently watched a uh, film location uh, where the where people go and they go to all locations of something on a, a TV show. And this episode was for Married with Children. And he implied on there that Steve and Marcy live right across the street from the Bundys. I, I don't know if I missed something on one episode or another, but I was always under the impression because there was one, there's one episode where... Are you saying that they're saying they live across the street and not right next door? So oftentimes, they look out the window in the front to mention their house. Yeah. Oh, do they do that? Because I was going to say, he chewed a hole through their fence. I would assume that that means they're right next to each other. So would I. Otherwise, what, he he got out, came across the street and chewed a hole in his fence? Because if that's the case, then it's completely their fault that in the last episode, the dog got shot because it got out, went across the street, chewed a hole through the fence again that was bigger than a human's face to get into the house or get into the backyard. No, there's no way. They live next door and they either – you know what? Here's the thing. If you look at how their house is built – and you take the front shot and the and the shot when their doors open. Uh, they could actually maybe if they looked out the front and then kind of to the side, they could probably see their next door neighbor's see, house. I don't think they can. Now that I'm thinking about it, they can't because that big whole wall is there for the garage. But no, no, that's only if they're living on. No, that's only if they're living on the other side. Is on the what l- uh, left side? But if they lived on the right side, then they could easily look over and. See them right there. They would only the garage would only block one side of the neighbors, not the other side. Yeah, I got. We're gonna have to research this because I was always under the impression that if you look at the bunny's house, the the Darcy uh, the roads are to the right. That's how I always pictured this whole thing. So I'm gonna I'll look into it. We don't have to spend the whole thing on it, but I'll, I'll look. <laughs> okay, so um, so they said they want to build a room, and this is a big key point to the plot, but they need. Steve and Marcy need permission from Al to do it. And Al's like, yeah, sure. What do I care? You know, so they leave. They go, wow, thanks so much, man. And, you know, this and that. And then Mark, Peg says something. And then Al's like, yeah, I'm a nice guy. What can I say? <laughs> How's the addition? Well, uh, we just talked about it last night. We haven't had much time to actually do anything about it. Yeah, good, good. Uh yeah, I was thinking that, uh, you know, while the girls are at the gym, this would be a good opportunity for us to just kind of sit around and shoot the bull. Hey, great. Uh, well, yesterday at the bank. <laughs> great story, Steve. <laughs> How messed up is it? How would you feel if you were Steve and you thought he was botting, then all of a sudden you realize he doesn't care about you, he doesn't want to hear about your day? He but just does to- he realize... Does like I, I'm kind of always wondering that. Like, does he realize that Al is doing this, or does I, he think he's being genuine? You know what? I in my notes for this episode, I actually talk. Uh, I was writing about how Al is super good at manipulating another man. Right. Like he yeah. puts women to shame with how good he is at this manipulation because he doesn't get to use sex to, for any manipulation, and he is really good at it. So at first, I'm pretty sure Steve is like, "What the hell, man." But then Al just racks him in, just starts hitting him on all the, like he just drops dropping man code and man stuff and really gets Steve in. So I think Steve notices at first, 
but then he just forgets about it because he gets he gets he gets like like yeah caught up in the topic yeah yeah exactly that's or at least that's what i think about it you know the kind of room that i think you and marcy really need a pool room for you and me ah i don't know uh i think marcy and i should get a room we both like she's got one she's got the kitchen You need something to fill up your life, and, and, and I think this room is the perfect thing. See, Steve, remember how great it was when you were a kid, you had your own room, and you had the privacy to do whatever you wanted to? You can do those things again, Steve. I don't need to do that anymore. I've got a wife now. <laughs> and a terrific little wife she is, too. She would never stand in the way of you wanting your pool room. Listen, think of it, Steve. A little refrigerator for your beer. A little powder on your hands. That feeling of the cue stick sliding through your fingers, that squeak of the chalk, but most of all, that feeling of adrenaline coursing through your veins as you make that two-cushion bank shot, eight ball in the side pocket. Right after that, it's almost identical to that first episode where Al is in there, you know, getting him to watch sports again and all this other stuff, and Peg is in the other room telling her to hurt their organs to get coffee and like yeah, they're both manipulating the other person so uh what kind of room is this gonna be an all-purpose room what a waste why not build a room with a purpose like an exercise room for you and me ice cream sure gee an exercise room would be great then we wouldn't have to wait in line to use their equipment and be laughed at by women with good bodies. <laughs> Chocolate sauce? Okay. I don't know, Peggy. Steve and I wanted a room we could both use. Oh, Steve has his own room. He has the kitchen. <laughs> Besides, aren't you sick of dragging me along each week to be your free guest at the health club? I mean, they know I'm not going to join. Doesn't that embarrass you? Well... Not as much as you stealing towels. Hey, that sign said guest towels. Take one. Look, Mars, if you build an exercise room, not only will you look better, but you'll live longer. And isn't that the best possible present you could give Steve? Whipped cream? What the heck? I'm going to have an exercise room, right? Right. Now, Justin, do you think that um, this whole little treat that she was conjuring up, do you think that could be found in the Thinergy book, or is Marcy totally just slacking there? She's just slacking completely for, yeah. <laughs> completely threw Thinergy out the window. Yeah. Thinergy, guys, is out the window here. <laughs> I like how she pulls the chocolate sauce, and it's not in like a squeeze bottle, but it's like in a can. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that from the 80s, dude. That's how it was. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I don't think I remember. I don't think it was like. I think it was in the squeeze bottle my my entire life. <laughs> yeah, squeeze bottle for me. But I do like um, that Peggy goes. Uh, you living longer would be a gift, and I'm just like Marcy. Living longer is not a gift to anyone. I don't know. <laughs> no one on this planet. Yeah, for real. Cal, collect call for you from Australia. <laughs> Excuse me, there must be some sort of a misunderstanding. (laughs) I 
thought we had code words for things like this. We're late on our code payments. <laughs> Did anyone else find it hilarious that it was Australia that he came down and said that uh, Kelly had a call from? Australia. Why would she be talking to somebody in Australia? I'm guessing surfer dudes or something, but she runs up the thing and she's like, I thought we had code words for this. And he's like, you're a little behind on co-payments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that is perfect sibling. Like, I didn't have a sister, but I have an older brother. And that, like, their relationship is so... Spot on, yeah. Yeah, because when you have... I don't know about you, if y'all have siblings, but, like, one moment y'all are best friends, and the next you're at each other's throat or trying to get each other in trouble. Yep. Uh, yeah, my life is literally the married with children life. Like, literally, my dad is named Al also, and um, he has the same hairline as Al, where it's, like, going bald on both sides, like, either side of his middle of his hair. And my mom was, like, Peg, pretty much. She smoked and all this other stuff. It was, like, the same thing. And my sister was a blonde sister, four years older than me, and she was exactly Kelly. Like, she dated... All the all the guys that were from like Australia, no, no Australians, but like <laughs> all like the kind of badass guys and stuff in school, and all the rocker type guys, and and I was Bud, who you know I couldn't get chicks in the beginning, and then you know luckily thank God that took off, but his almost probably the same exact age actually, yeah, wow, I I guess I really did mirror this whole thing. I don't even know how that happened. <laughs> yeah, like I even kind of looked like Bud when I was younger. I just had the brownish hair. I was a generic-looking kid. It was literally like married with children. And we even had a dog. And there's like a picture I have on my computer. As soon as we get done with this show, I'm going to put it on Facebook. Since we're live at the nudie bar, uh, you know, i got to get home to do that. And uh, it's a picture of all of us on the couch, and it almost looks like the Marrow Children people. Like, literally, it's it's not very huh. far from it. Yeah, That's cool. Yeah, so we, me and my sister did have that exact almost relationship. Like, not as often, but it, it did occur. You know, you saying couch, uh, Just rem- I just realized that uh, not only does the intro for this show deal with the family and the couch, that's like the same as The Simpsons. Ooh, couch gag. Yeah, like I like they don't change their couch gag. Right. You know, I just came up with the greatest epiphany ever. You love me? <laughs> no, nah, that did not occur to me yet. Uh, it will. It will. Just wait. How amazing would, you know, the Simpsons are always looking for new couch gags to have Homer hand money out like Al in the beginning of an episode to all the Simpson kids. At the end, Santa's little helper jumps up from the back and he puts the money in the dog's mouth and the dog takes off. Yeah, that would be great. I'm surprised they haven't done that. How could they not have done that? That's amazing. That would be the most amazing thing I've ever seen because The Simpsons is like my second favorite show or whatever. And I, I can't believe that they have never done that. That's crazy. Hmm. Al and Peg inform Steve and Marcy about what kind of room they talked about without them knowing it. You don't even play pool anymore. At least I exercise, so I can be healthy and live longer. For you. Oh, Marcy. Blah, blah. <laughs> but I suppose I could exercise at the club, rather than have you risk injury or disease at the local pool hole. Oh, no, your body is much more important than my having a good time. Will, build your exercise room. 
I don't want you to be unhappy. No, I don't want you to be unhappy. Hey, look, it's obvious that things are heating up here a little bit too much. Why don't we just take a minute, relax, sit down, and cool off? Now, Steve, we'll cool off right here. Come on, Marcy, let's make you a cup of coffee and calm down. Peggy's like, oh, don't get, don't get excited, Al, when the fat lady sings. Yeah. I, and then uh, Marcy basically wins at this point, and Peggy sings. And I'm just like, did Peggy just call herself fat? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, Marcy li- literally r- relinquishes the room to Steve, says, yeah, I don't want you catching disease or injury at the local pool hall. And then Steve says, no, I, you know, you, you should be able to work out in privacy or whatever he says. Like, the, it, it's the opposite. It's almost like polar opposites of Alan Pegg are the, like, poster children for dysfunctional marriages and guys, this is how you're supposed to be talking to your wife and and your husband. This is actual communication that will get you through 30 years of marriage. But at the same time, dysfunction of that you're both sort of tuned into can also get you through 30 years of marriage. It's weird. Like, they can coexist. But And here's the thing. When you look, okay, Marcy and Steve, who, spoilers, don't last, uh... They they always are uh, like trying to oh well no let's not do this let's do this for you no 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 let's do this for you as where Al and Peggy only think about themselves and are super selfish yet they've lasted fifteen years right. up to this point and are gonna keep going so it's kind of funny that like what looks like it should be proper communication and each one just wanting to please the other is doesn't work as well as these people who are honest with each other that they're just selfish yeah and would you agree that in reality a a woman might seem it might seem that some women want to wear the pants in the family they want the guy to do as they're told and you know just listen what i say don't have any of your opinions and you think it'll go smooth and that's how what, what women really want but would you say that in reality if you do that to a guy and you make yourself the man of the relationship and you wear the pants you will ultimately be unhappy because one day it'll occur to you that you're longing for a real man who will take care of you and that you kind of admire and when you beat them down and suppress them this way this will like jerry said ultimately lead to an unhappy marriage even though a woman might think it's idealistic to have that control yeah, I, I do agree with that. Uh, in my cases, 100% of the time, uh, 100% of the time, I've never been with a girl who wanted to wear like the pants or anything. Uh, I probably wouldn't allow that to happen, honestly, because because I'm, I'm just not that way. Uh, but I have met people who are very much like that, two that I could think of that I've worked with in the past. Man, dude, those guys, I feel bad for them, but some of them like it. So I don't I don't know. Um, you know what? I, in my personal experience, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see that ending well. <laughs> I, you know what? The first girl that I ever got into like a serious relationship to, and like the first girl I said I love you, she was the I'm wearing the pants, and uh, and I ended up letting it happen. She would walk all over me, treat me like shit, and you know what? She ended up leaving me for a jock, for a guy who treated her like shit. Right. I feel and like so they it, mostly want that though. They do. They just don't know it. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't. I, well, not the shit part. 
Yeah, I, they want someone to take charge. It's it's a perfect balance. You have to take charge, but at the same time, let them know that you want to hear their opinion so and that they uh, have a say. But sometimes they want you to put your foot down and have final say. And it's a, you have to walk a, a real tight rope to make that balance. And you can't go to one extreme or the other or it won't last. And you see that with uh, Al and Peggy. There are sometimes that Al wins, and there are sometimes that Peggy wins. There's a give and take here. Unlike with Steve and Marcy, where they're both just trying to constantly give, no one's taking. It's just give, 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 give. Who can give the most? Right. Who can look like the most uh, important? The well, the most. Who can be the nicest and seem like the most caring? As to where Al and Peggy, you have a give and take that constantly changes between the two. Right. It's it's the right dynamic. Yo, we yeah. could be marriage counselors. Oh, by the end of this whole thing, we will be. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start. I'm going to get my plaque out now and nail it to the wall. Does anyone else calm down with coffee? I don't drink coffee. Um, I'm not a big coffee drinker, honestly. So I can't. I can't answer that. Alex, do you drink coffee? Of course he does. He's old. I started drinking it two years ago, but I don't do I it every it. day. <laughs> Shut up. I, I don't do it every day. I do it now uh, because it's freezing when I leave the house, so it's nice to – and plus, uh, like I, I could go forever starting now without drinking coffee. I would never think about it. My wife bought me a Bears, uh, Chicago Bears coffee mug, kind of the one that you leave with. Well, I, don't know, I don't know why the word's escaping me, but – Tumblr? Is that what that's called? Yeah, maybe. Thermos? Yeah, it's like a, it's like a portable – or a takeout coffee cup. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like metal. I don't know. So they don't they don't have names for those in New Jersey. Yeah, they probably I don't know what it is. But so I I just drink out of that just because it's a Bears one. So yeah. I just figure I might as well drink coffee. I swear to God, it's how stupid. Like I don't need it, and I don't think about it. I don't drink it. I don't drink it after I eat dinner. I don't drink it before I go to bed. Nothing like that. Otherwise, you just have this bears thing and you can't do anything with it. Right. So I guess I better so, start drinking coffee. <laughs> All right, y'all, y'all, y'all are about to make fun of me, but I don't drink coffee, and I make I, I make my fiance. We don't we're not big on Valentine's Day, but for Valentine's Day, I make her buy me a Star Wars coffee mug every year. Every year, <laughs> every year, I have like five Star Wars coffee mugs. I do not drink coffee at all. Do you drink tea at least? <laughs> I drink tea, but I drink like sweet tea. So it's all like in huge cups because that's all I <laughs> I go through like a gallon of sweet tea a day. I am Alex. If he would have just been like, yeah, this mug will just look really good on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to put it to some use. I, dude, those things are expensive. Anything with NFL written on it. Good luck. Well, yeah. my Star Wars ones I didn't pay for, so I don't care. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> so uh, here's – did you find this fascinating that Peg – decides to work on Marcy even though she seemingly has won this battle. You know, like, she's like, now, Marcy, you can't let him start thinking and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Peg, you struck oil. Stop drilling. And, well, yeah. Peggy also knows that Al is in there with Steve right now, giving one of the, the, the greatest speeches I've ever heard in my life, even though I don't understand the, uh, a man's castle is his pants. I don't understand what that means unless that's just a like weird metaphor for wearing the pants in the relationship i yeah let's go with that that might be what it is yeah uh, but so peggy knows that she's that al's in there doing that working his magic geez when did men become such losers used to be so great to be a man 
Women were there to please us. They'd look after the kids and we'd go out and have a good time. That's the natural order of things. <laughs> what happened, Steve? Well, uh... I'll tell you what happened, Steve. Somebody told women they should start enjoying sex, too. <laughs> that was the beginning of the end. Now, they like it, but it's work for us. Everything's work for us. It's this equality thing. It's killing us. So she knows uh, that there is a chance she's not going to win. And so she kind of, pro- like, she kind of just. Like, it's like a, a preemptive strike, really? Yeah, yeah. She kind of, well, first she kind of tests the water. She goes, oh, men always get what they want. And Marcia's like, no, what do you mean? But then, like, she starts going on her spiel and talking about uh, Adam and Eve, which apparently she doesn't know the actual story of Adam and Eve. Hey, babe, get me an apple. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, uh, no, like you could have turned the Adam and Eve story into like a feminist propaganda by talking about the snake being the symbol for a penis and the snake convincing Eve to get the apple. Right. I'm sorry. That just makes no like I, I, I don't know. I was just like, <laughs> like she doesn't know anything. It's fun. I'm telling you guys, you're going to realize Peg is not very smart. <laughs> Yeah, because it's it's like a second it's like a second version of the the previous episode where she loses every trivia question. Right, exactly. She's not like, smart. You know, it's like she's conniving and she's manipulative, but smart, no. But it's funny because we look at Marcy and Steve as smart, and yet here's Marcy just getting played so hard by Peggy. I don't. Maybe they look up to them because they figure they're older. They've been married longer, so maybe they have some kind of wisdom that is accurate. But it's never. Maybe and, and, and if that's true, look. Peggy then goes. All the all the girls in the neighborhood look up to you. Yeah. Like she turns. Like she then she uses that on her. So maybe she realizes that after fifteen years of marriage, one of the first questions was asked was, "What's your secret?" Maybe that's the reason Marcy does listen to Peggy. You're probably you're actually pretty right on that, Alex. Like, yeah, that that's probably why she gets played so easy. Like, why else would you listen to a a big redheaded bimbo housewife? You know, like, what's the point? You must you must think that they know, know something because the the age and the marriage uh, timeline. Yeah, I mean, the, why else would you li- think anything she says is real? Yeah, and then. You look at uh, she starts talking about the puberty thing, and she starts. They start all acting Italian, which I think is a reference to guys liking uh, mob movies, right? And liking mafia stuff. But what's funny is uh, uh, there was a day in the Facebook group that uh, one of our listeners, Jen, pointed out how like they have accents in these first couple episodes, right? Which, yeah, and and, and one of the accents she says is Italian. And talks about how apparently later on Al's dad is Italian. And and I was just like, that's crazy because we're like she just brought up that they have accents in the first couple of episodes, that they kind of come off as Italian. And here we are looking at an episode right after she says that, where she says they all start acting Italian. Right. How weird is that? What a coincidence. And by the way, Jen is my sister. That's who that is on there. <laughs> what? No, y'all don't even have the same last name. Quit lying. <laughs> Besides, she looks like a good person, and I've seen pictures of you next to fax machines. Ooh. <laughs> and I don't look like a good person in that picture. I mean, you're wearing, you're wearing a Harley <laughs> Davidson shirt that's way too tight for you, but, you know, it's cool. Whatever. Oh, man, you see those guns that went with it, though? You can't say that. Come on. 
I was actually wondering how you got into the office with that. I, I mean, I assumed that you would have been arrested. And uh, do you have a license for that? Can I see a license for that? <laughs> was that before or after you stopped eating lunch? Uh, that was way before. That's when I actually would eat to gain weight to get muscle. Now I just have I wither away to a gaunt looking frail weirdo. <laughs> Yeah, now, now he. <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't have anything to say. So, what's happening in this episode okay. again? So, this is the greatest. So, after they both work each other, they leave, and I kind of forgot what terms they left on or whatever. But they come back with an agreement, and this is like the funniest, like overlooked line ever. I mean, to me, I'm not gonna say it's the line of the episode or anything, but. It's hilarious. I think Al's entire thing is probably a line of the episode, but uh, with the whole, uh, are you comfortable? How could you be with no backbone? And she, why oh, she my God. That yeah. joke was so well, good. Well, well, that whole speech is just so good. It's hard to even talk because there's so many good parts. Yeah, you just have to listen to it. We can't do it justice. When Al does one of his, like, man speeches. Yeah, you'll never do it justice. Oh, you can't. You can't. No, it's a waste of time. <laughs> this is the best. This line is just so funny to me. It's so subtle but funny. Well, we've been talking for hours and we've reached a decision. Well, what's it going to be? We decided to build an all-purpose room for both of us. It's going to be a sitting room where we can escape the pressures of the living room. <laughs> Like what? What that, what kind of bullshit is that? <laughs> that is so I, funny. I wrote like a, a whole paragraph just on how stupid it was to have a like an exit to your living room. I'm like, you have no kids, you have no pets, you live alone. Every room in your house is a room for you two to just be together. And you're gonna add another room that does no function. What is going on with your head that you think you need another room with a loom and a window for you to have a view <sighs> to be with each other? You already have that. You literally have that in every – you have a, an, up, an upstairs, a downstairs, a bedroom, a bathroom, a living room, a kitchen. Why do you need a sitting room? That, I got to stop. That can't even deal with these people. Hey, do you, do you guys have your own rooms? Like, do you have man caves? Uh, we have a nerd room in my house that, like, has, like, like the, the all the nerd collection. Like, I have a wall that's just nothing but, like, there's uh, three bookshelves of nothing but retro video games, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, that kind of stuff. There, There's comic books, VHS tapes. I've got two old CRT TVs set up, like... I have that. Like, if I want to go in there and just uh, watch a VHS tape or DVD with a hand down my pants or or play some Super Mario World, I can just go in there. I've got a record player in there. I put on one of my Every Time I Die records and just, you know, rock out, man it up, and then look over and see my fiance's shelf of Sailor Moon stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I have my film room, which is essentially like walls of dvds and I, I think i have one two i have two tvs one of them has like a vhs player hooked up uh and then one's like mounted on the wall where i watch football uh and then i have two computers in that room so yeah wow. pretty much posters yeah i have uh a man cave it was one of the 
stipulations in buying a house. They had to have one. They had to have a basement of some or a lower room downstairs uh, to turn into one. I, it has a bar. It has one of those big uh, like L couches or whatever you call it where they all connect and go along the whole wall. Gigantic big screen TV, record player, Bose sound system, a little refrigerator and stuff. And it's funny because uh, Al even mentions having a little refrigerator. And as he was saying all that stuff, I was like, wow, I have that. Yeah, it was probably implanted in your head from when you watched that episode back in the day. <laughs> right, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, yeah, so I I'll also have a, my own room. So we all have that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a necessity, man. You have to. Yeah, you have to have a room of your own, like your own domain. <laughs> but we can be alone together for uninterrupted quality time. It's going to have a bay window, a love seat, and a loom. Yes, because we've always wanted a loom with a view. <laughs> I guess all that's left is for you guys to sign the variance. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Peg? I don't know. It's an awful lot of digging and hammering early in the morning. And the dust. Oh. Yeah, i got to be honest with you guys, but uh, I don't know, it seems like a lot of trouble to us, and for what? You don't need another room. I can't believe you would entice us with a room that we might enjoy when all you wanted was for us to sign the variance. We don't like to be manipulated. I feel so used. I think you two better leave. You're the ones who said we should build a room. A little late for an apology now. I expected better of you. But we ordered a loom. That was a little presumptuous, wasn't it, Marcy? Now, just a second, Al, because I've reached my boiling point. Easy, honey. Not this time. I listen to your Einstein theory, I listen to your man's castle is in his pants, and I watched while your wife tried to shatter my wife's hourglass figure, and now you are going to hear what I have to say. <laughs> Vive la France! <laughs> they are so petty. Like, they did not get their way. So they're both just... <laughs> Without te- without saying a word to each other, automatically just both go super petty. Right. Yep. Yeah, they both realize, wow, I, I have no interest in this anymore. It's not about me. They, you know, it's not going to be about either one of them. They're like, yeah, we're good. Uh, no, we're not going to sign that variance. There's really no point. What do we care if you have a sitting room? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's so funny. And then, <laughs> then like Justin said, Al goes, yeah, I really don't like being manipulated here. And he goes, I think you two better leave. <laughs> that has to be probably the line of the show. Oh, no. When it, no, the line of the show is not even a line. It is when Steve starts yelling at him, I'm at my boiling point, you're going to listen to what I say, and Al just slams the door in his face. (laughs) Unbelievable. Just, oh my Uh. god. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hi. I'm Billy Ray Wetnap from Pest Boys Exterminators, where our motto is, there's no bug we can't plug. And to prove it, our very own Verminator has volunteered to get into this glass cage with 10,000 Peruvian stinging beetles. Stinging beetles? You said they were going to be ladybugs. <laughs> now she is armed with nothing but her Verminator spray gun filled with our new poison, Are You Dead 42? 
Now, the reason that the Peruvian stinging beetle is so large is that 80% of his body weight is pure D venom. They don't even lose their stingers like them sissified African killer bees. Well, it looks like our very own verminator's in a little bit of trouble. But you won't be if you call Manny, me, or Ma at Pest Boys Exterminators. Call 1-800-LEGS-UP, where our motto is, if you wish it, we will squish it. And then talk, while we're going to be petty, Peg takes the petty to a whole nother step after Al starts talking about his boats and says he's going to name his boat the Al Bundy. He goes down to the basement to look at the boat and Bud comes home and Peggy goes, Bud, are we in the basement? No, mom. Then what should we do? Uh, and he goes and turns off the light and all you hear is a bunch of crashing. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah, that and it's is just, just like. And, and it's great because this show is doing an amazing job at callbacks, you know, like literally like these these things that they drop in the beginning or whatever, and then all of a sudden come up at the end of, like, if you have, like, no memory and she says something like that, you're like, well, what is that? I don't even get the joke. But, I mean, of course, it's not hard to remember any of these things, but it's just, like, the callback, and it just clicks in your mind. The whole thing, Al was making him turn the light off, turn the light on, turn the light off, and then it plays back into this, bam, end of the show. Yeah, and they do that a lot, like, that, like, I, I, I remember on the first episode, we were talking about how things would be set up in the beginning of the episode and and pay off at the end. Like, it's it can be something as small as a joke about turning off the lights um, or Al making a fat joke and then that coming back to bite him. I, I, I mean, it's it's amazing how well they pull that off. Yeah, I, lo- I love setups and payoffs. Like, that's my favorite thing about sitcoms is there's always a setup at the beginning usually um and this show does it great yeah all the, so consistently it's it's like it never it never misses and i think that's the great part about it is that the the it's smaller things that if you almost something you didn't even think was you thought was just going to be a throwaway joke at the beginning turns mm-hmm. off to be like a last minute zing that just makes you remember the beginning of the episode and just go, man, this was great. Yeah, it bookends the episode perfect. Exactly. And it's just like in episode one when, um, what was it I was talking about with uh, Peggy, the coffee thing? Peggy set up the coffee thing way early on to get her way, and at the end of the episode, it pays off. Right. Yep. Yep. No Ma'am will be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Just type in www.facebook.com slash groups slash Married with Children podcast. Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to channels and search up Married with Children podcast. You can email them at podcast at gmail.com there you can send them audio clips telling them what you think of the show or you can send in a clip talking about a future episode they will be reviewing any clips you send may be played on a future show thanks for checking out this review now the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's episode 
rating time. So how many, you know, Steve has no backbone. So how many backbones do we give this episode out of five? It is time to rate it. So Justin, out of five backbones for Steve that we have to give him, how many would you give this episode? Uh, Yeah, this episode, it might not translate as well in podcasting because it's a dialogue heavy episode. Right. But the dialogue is so good in this episode, the back and forth, the manipulation, uh, Al's rants and and speeches, the great ending. I'm going to go ahead and give this one, uh, Steve, four backbones out of five um, because it it really was a a fantastic episode. Like I laughed a lot in this one. Right. Uh, I'm in the same vertebrae as him. Uh, Four four backbones. Out of five, um, it was it was almost so close to being a five, but there's no like um, there was no like huge thing that affects the series going forward. Otherwise, it probably would have been a five. The dialogue is perfect. The uh, the the playing off each other was great. The jokes were great. The payoff was great. Everything about this episode was great. It's going to be one of those ones that you're going to forget about because. There's no, like, you're not going to be like, oh, yeah, that's the one where Al, you know, kills a dog. No, you're not going to say that, but you're going to forget about this one. And when you go back and watch it. It'll be such a treat, man. Oh, damn, that was so good. You're right. It is going to be a treat. It is going to be, we're giving it backbones now, but when you go back and rewatch it, you're going to be giving yourself a treat that Peg made for you. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's okay. I have my own exercise room. I'll burn this off. Basically, I just... To reiterate what you guys said, I mean, it, it was great dialogue. It was not action heavy, all dialogue heavy, but it was all very poignant. It was all moving the story along, and it has the great manipulations of Al, a great speech of his, uh, women should enjoy sex too speech and all that kind of stuff. And God, the the friggin' payoff ending, even with uh, escaping the pressures, living room to I don't like being manipulated. Bam, we're not doing it, and then hit the lights. Al goes down the stairs like. It's just uh, really well-rounded and well-thought-out. And it's like, we don't have to do things sort of the same way every time. We can have a subtle episode like this, just keep it strong, and these guys will make it work. And that's exactly what it was. So I also give this uh, four backbones out of five. And you know what I just realized while you were talking? Uh, you said something that made, made me about it. You said um, how like strong this episode was. I didn't even realize they were in Al's house the entire episode. The entire episode took place only in the living room and kitchen of Al's house. Wow. Like, they did not go. There's no shoe store. There's no nothing. Like, every scene is from their house. And normally, if I'm watching a sitcom, I notice things like that. I notice how many, like, set changes they have. Like, or even, like... With Roseanne, because in Roseanne's house, you do not have, like, um, where the living room and the kitchen are one big thing. So it feels like you change the kitchen and the living room feel completely different. Right. They feel like different sets. But with Married with Children, the kitchen and living room feel like the exact same sets. It's just, you know, tighter or wider shots. Right. And I just – I didn't even – did, this episode was so good. It did not even occur to me that the whole episode took place in al's house they never left al's house nope amazing you know and it it didn't need to and that's good that they showed that we don't even have to do that to be good and it worked you know yeah 
But but unfortunately, you know where we have to leave. Ah, uh, see, this is a room I don't want to leave. How could I not? Yeah, the, the atmosphere, the music, the the chick with the th- the chick with the third nipple. Oh, <laughs> she is. Uh, she's talented. That's all I'm gonna say. She's a hell of a good cook. Wait, hold up. Time. How do you know she's a good cook? Aren't you married? Oh yeah, but it's it's a whole it's a whole long thing. I cannot get into on the air. It's we'll talk about it later. I mean. It's just inappropriate. But, you know, you're right. We got to leave. It is the last call. Uh, Guys, tune in next week, and uh, we will be hitting up Married with Children. Have you driven a Ford lately? Uh, Al and Steve buy a beat-up Ford Mustang off one of Kelly's boyfriends. Soon they form a tight friendship while fixing it up like new. The only problem is they are neglecting their wives now that they spend every free minute with the car. All right, I'm, uh, hey, Justin, walk with me to the door, man. Uh, I, I need to talk to you about uh, Three Nipple Trisha over here. And uh, I, I, is she cooking for you, too? Yeah, yeah, she heard that I was also a starving shoe salesman. 